What's going on, guys? Welcome to yet another episode of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Two and a half gringos for the cool cats. Um, Nola is not currently with us, but he might pop in towards the end. Um, he's going to do his uh, best Casey to Smith impersonation at a hockey tournament. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, let me introduce my uh, one co-host uh, for the night, and that's Anthony Big Bear Murphy. Murph, what's going on, buddy? Missed you last week. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, good to be back on here. We got a little uh, built-in bye week, I guess, heading into the season and uh, refreshed and ready to go. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And spring training games are right around the corner. Uh, the day you're listening to this podcast, in fact, Saturday, uh, the Pirates play the Blue Jays. It was reported that uh, Mitch Keller is going to be the starter for the Pirates it's Mitch Keller's season, baby. Um, but before we get before we get into Mitch, because we'll get into him a little later, um, we want to talk about some, I guess, more disappointing news, and that's Tamar Johnson. Um, Nola mentioned it in the group chat that uh, one of the few things that you don't want to hear with injuries is hamstrings, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's what Tamar was plagued with. I think it was a right hammy, maybe a left. It might have been his right hammy. Not entirely sure on the uh, placement of the hammy, but he had a little bit of a setback, um, and it was reported Friday that Tamar was sent back to minor league camp, um, which you could expect, especially with a hamstring injury. But mm-hmm. it's still disappointing because you wanted to see him in game action and see what he could do against, I guess, guys above his level. But you know, he'll get the backfield work because the Pirates love to do that sort of thing. We've talked about that several times. But Murph, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the whole, excuse me, Tamar Johnson situation, because I know you were disappointed like I was, but where are you with, you know, how Tamar is going to develop now back in minor league camp? I think I think at this point now, like, yes, it, it'd be nice. It would have been nice to see him get into games and stuff like that. But like, also, you kind of have to remember that, like, he's 18 years old, uh, still 18 years old, that I'm sure a lot of him being in camp was more for the experience and to kind of soak in the whole environment and, you know, pick the brains of some of the, the older guys and, and just, you know, the fourth – he's the fourth overall pick or, you know, he's their top pick from last year. Um probably a good chance that like he probably I mean I'm sure we would have seen him in a, in a game or two or stuff like that but I, I I think the more important thing for him is just to one obviously get back come back healthy but two once he's back healthy getting him in as much game action as possible and if that's easier done in minor league camp then I mean future's still bright for him I guess we just got to hope because I think I think when they first reported it it was saying like 10 He's going to be reevaluated in ten to fourteen days. Yeah. So, at the at that point, if that's the case, you might as well just send him back. At that point. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, do you think? Because I personally think that maybe this hamstring injury kind of hinders the Greensboro start for him at the beginning of the year. They might want to work him out in Bradenton just to see how his hamstring is. They they might they might and that what I would be mainly just kind of 
how soon after that 10 to 14 days he's he's back on the field. I mean, if, if we're looking at the full 14 days and then maybe a couple extra days, then yeah, they'd probably get him up to full game speed and everything like that. This is probably something that he, he'll have to stay behind in Bradenton at that point. Um, which I guess maybe works works well for him. I, I thought he played pretty good in, in Bradenton last year. He showed a great great approach, great everything like that. I know I've said I said recently that I'm kind of warming up to the idea of maybe him going to Greensboro to start. Maybe this is just long term better just to kind of hey man, just hang around. You're still 18, still bright right. future. You could if he's really that ends up being that you know, you could get up up to Greensboro after a month. Uh, if he's really everything that a lot of the scouts were saying, I mean, maybe he pushes for Altoona by the end of the year. Who knows? That would be insane. <laughs> that, that would be, be that would be. I don't think that's actually gonna happen, but I, I do I do think he finishes the year in Greensboro at that point. Yeah. At this yeah, point. Absolutely. Regardless. Regardless. Absolutely. Just the age and development. Yeah. You kinda wanna yeah. pump the brakes. Yeah. Um, I don't think he turns nineteen till till June, I think I think it is. So he'll be that's a couple months. That's like almost halfway through the season before he actually turns nineteen. So that's crazy to think. Remember that, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he played in he played in a good amount of games last year with Bradenton. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Um, but bottom line, Tamar's future is still bright. It just sucks that he's not going to get some game action. But you know, he did pick the brain at least a little bit of the veterans the Pirates acquired throughout the offseason. Guys like Kutch, guys like Rich Hill. And, you know, we even saw Rich Hill. I think it was Justice posted the uh, video of Rich Hill talking to Oviedo. Looked like he was teaching him his breaking ball, the curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, don't tell Nola that. He's not a huge fan of Oviedo still. Um, still a bullpen guy in his eyes. And I, I tend to agree. Uh, but Of course you do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, the Pirates might move to a six-man rotation, and we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But, you know, I kind of wanted to discuss Murph, and it was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, the, the pitch clock. I forgot that was going to be a thing this year, and, you know, first mm-hmm. spring training game uh, on TV, you know, we saw the pitch clock, saw how it worked. Um, and Twitter kind of exploded. A lot of guys that I saw on my feed anyways were – for the pitch clock and I kind of am too I think it I I don't know how effective it's going to be the first year but I think after you implement it the first year and it keeps going I think um, it can be a very effective tool Um, and it's going to kind of force guys who have the most funkiest of deliveries to kind of figure out how to pitch Um, you know so I'm a fan of the pitch clock. I think it's going to be a good thing in baseball. I just want to see how it is in regular season games before we start mm-hmm. ringing the bells on how this is going to change the game completely. Um, but what are your thoughts on it, man? Because that's how I, that's where I'm at with it anyways. Oh, I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I've watched some Bradenton games last year that took like two hours to, to finish a whole nine inning game. And it wasn't one of those like boring one nothing games. Like there's some runs scored in it. And those games were being done pretty quickly. So you get your the full experience of a, of a baseball game shrunken down very quickly. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean that that's I, I feel like overall, yeah, you'll get some of the 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 more traditionalists and stuff like that. That that I've I've seen some of that on on my timeline on on Twitter with it. But like, I think once they go out and they they realize how quickly things will start moving and stuff like I was watching the I don't know if it was the Tennessee game, the the college baseball game. I was watching one of the college baseball games today and they were talking about it and and like there's just some stuff going around and stuff like that. You can kind of see how long I, I but I think I think college baseball is doing the the pitch clock so it wasn't like exactly that that scenario but I just think it's good overall for the game games will be done quicker the biggest adjustment will be for like the the pitchers and the hitters to more so they got to process things a lot quicker even right. more so the hitters I think maybe that's some people don't don't think of that on there that the hitters have to okay well he just threw this pitch it's this count i gotta you know this this is maybe so they'll clock have to speed up they'll have to speed up a little bit on their own um as well as the pitchers obviously but i think once they all get the grasp of it like if we can cut games some of these games that are dragging for three and a half four hours down by an hour or so i mean how awesome would that be yeah i mean <laughs> as a guy who's covering the pirates at the park being there an hour and a half shorter would be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it would be phenomenal. <laughs> um, the the one thing that I'm kind of leery on, and, and you brought it up with um, the hitters having to readjust. And it made, it mm-hmm. made me start turning the wheels a little bit here. Is offense going to go down? in terms of run production, just because of that adjustment period? I would think so, just because... I can see a scenario. You know, it's... Um, pretty much like, yeah, I could see where the offense kind of slows down, or at least, you know, because you always think, too, like, you always hear, like, the, the old thing, like, you know, at the beginning of the season, the pitching's a little bit ahead of the hitting. So I can definitely see a scenario to where, like, the pitching stays ahead of the hitting a little bit deeper into the season as they kind of learn to process this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you're talking the, the minor, the single A hitters seem to have a pretty good grasp of it. So I, I think the guys who are the paid top professionals at the highest level, they should yeah. be able to make that kind of adjustment and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I see it. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a long-term um, effect with it, I, but I could definitely see going into June, these guys still adjusting. You know? Yeah, if, if there's, I can definitely see like, was it like Reynolds? Was it last year that Reynolds just like it hit that start really drug out on him? Yeah, to the season. Yeah. I I could see someone. I could see maybe someone else or something like that too. Just like their start is just really horrific, and and then they just once one day it'll just kind of click and then it'll get going. Yeah. I could see someone like Key having that issue because, um, you know, he has hitting issues as it is with the launch angle, and we discussed that uh, on a previous podcast. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think fans are going to overreact as they always do um, with the offensive woes, and, you know, we'll we'll start seeing it on Twitter, and then we'll have to bitch about it on another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um I I don't know. It's just, it's, it's an interesting little caveat to 
the pitch clock. And, you know, you think it just affects pitchers, but it affects hitters too, because they can't really step out of the box, readjust and, you know, think about it. It's just bam, right here, 15 seconds, bam, you got to do it. You got to go. So I don't know. It's an interesting little caveat to the conversation. Um, But it's another element to the game, which is, which is fine. Oh yeah. It's extremely fun. And I'm sure we'll have a new advanced statistic on pitchers who have the fastest release or something like that. Fangraphs will come out with it. And I'm looking forward to those numbers. Um, (laughs) But we discussed Mitch Keller a little bit in the beginning here, man, but you know, the Mitch Keller hype is back and, you know, he had his best season as a professional, well, major league uh, pitcher last season and he started to put everything together. The sinker started working or the two seam, however you want to name it. Um, His slider started um, to develop really nice, had a nice sweep to it. He kind of abandoned the curveball, which was nice to see his four seam, uh, had some velo to it, which was really nice to see because at one point, I think the year previous to last year, he was at like 92, 93, I want to say, averaging. Might have been a little more. But, you know, you saw Mitch getting in the triple digits and hitting high 90s a lot. So, you know, me personally, what I'm looking for Mitch today, Saturday, is – Command, obviously, see where the command's at. I want to see how the two seam has developed after a full year of using it. Um, you know, training at Tread, who's become a big pirate place for some reason with JT and Mitch and a whole bunch of other kids in the minor league system going to Tread. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested to see Mitch's development with his two seamer and how he can continue to morph that into a dominating pitch and not just a good pitch because i think if the pirates want to take that next step you're gonna need mitch keller to become that ace quote unquote because i know there's never really a true ace there's like maybe 10 in major league history but to be that leader as far as the pitching staff goes and I think if Mitch can develop that two seamer and continue to use that slider effectively with his changeup and four seam, I think Mitch can definitely have a very sneaky good season where he might get some Cy Young votes. But Ooh, spicy. I, I'm telling you, man, if Mitch if Mitch's <laughs> sinker can work and develop into that dominating pitch that I think it can develop into. I don't think it's that far out of the realm of possibility of getting some Cy Young votes. I'm not saying he's going to be top three, but some Cy Young votes I think is very feasible for a guy like Mitch. Okay. 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 <laughs> we'll, write that down. we'll go ahead and write that down and revisit that later in the season. Yeah. Time stamp <laughs> me. Time stamp me. Everyone listening to this. <laughs> Mitch Keller, Cy Young votes. Okay. <laughs> we'll put we'll put this we'll put this next to uh Nola's uh Yu Chang's about to break out. <laughs> he made in the group chat that one time. <laughs> so where where are you at with Mitch, man? What what do you want to see from him Saturday today and things that go with that? You know, what what do you want to see from him? Well Saturday really the only thing I want to see is him 
I don't know. I don't know if they set any kind of pitch limit or anything like that. That will be on. Obviously, it probably won't be much. But really, the only thing I want to see from him Saturday is get on the field and then leave the field healthy. The Fair. first outing. Um, but as far as like going forward and stuff like that, obviously, yeah, we want to see the maybe him take the next step up. I'm so torn on Mitch still at times because, like, okay, we we have all these analytics and these, these stat cast numbers and everything like that. And so many of us want to, to hoop and rave about like O'Neill Cruz and how he's destroying the baseball and all these analytics and stat cast. Like, but if you flip those stat cast back on Mitch, like some of the stuff isn't that pretty. He doesn't, he doesn't miss a lot of bats. Uh, some of the, like even the sinker, like, Hitters hit over 300 against it last year. And, I mean, they uh, most of it was beaten to the ground. The the average launch angle was only two degrees, you know, wasn't hit very hard. But, like, he, he, like I said, he doesn't miss a lot of bats. The strikeout rate was kind of, like, borderline at that point. Like, is that, like, if if we kind of did, like, a blind, uh, you know, study on him and stuff like that, I, I feel like a lot of people would be like, well, does a guy who struggles to miss bats, is that someone we can constantly rely on from year to year? So I think maybe that that's one thing I would like to see from him, maybe to start missing a little more bats. And I mean, last year, you know, he kind of completely revamped his whole persona on, on the mound. So like, yeah, it, it's probably going to take a gradual adjustment and stuff like that. So I think that's maybe the biggest thing that I would want to see this year from him to to start racking up the strikeout numbers a little bit more. I feel like at that point, it's a little bit safer to project him maintaining the course that he's on. But like, I mean, you can, you can say this, this and that, but like when it comes down to it, when a, you, the chances of bad stuff happening increases so much more when the ball gets put in play, as opposed to if you just get the hitter to miss altogether. Yeah. So maybe that's a little bit of being a buzzkill to Mitch. He had a great year last year. Not going to discount that at all. But I think if we are going to buy so much into the analytics and the metrics and stuff like that, like we do with certain players, we have to take it for all of the players. And that's just one thing that I would like to see with, with, with Mitch. And like I pulled up his like savant page and like so much of his stuff is like, like his the expected average, the K rates, he was in the 29th percentile in that. Even his walk rate wasn't wasn't too great. The barrel rate barrel rate was kind of like middle in. So like, there's some stuff there to like. There's other stuff that like, if you really want to buy into the Statcast stuff, I'd be a little bit concerned about about him maintaining it. Yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm glad you brought up that stuff with Mitch because. It kind of brings you down to a reality where you need to see the entire picture. Um, but but I do think in, in a way, and, and you brought it up with the launch angle and hit bearing it into the ground with the sinker. Um, I think he has a much better defense behind him now than he had last year. And, um, and also too, if he's, if he's repeatedly, like if we can guarantee with that launch angle, that the ball is going to keep getting beaten to the dirt, like without going back at, into at watching everything last year, 
maybe maybe the banning of the shift helps where some of those maybe we're getting through now that they now they don't get through. So yeah. yeah. And I'm interested to see that too. I know it wasn't one of the the topics, but the shift ban. I want to see how creative guys get because I think you can move once the pitcher starts his motion. So are we going to see thought, Neil Cruz we about like, like run the, like how in the old uh, yeah the old arena football league to where you can like the guys used to run in motion like at the snap of the ball yeah so like I saw something where someone was saying like something like that like as soon as they start pitching it is the guy just going to sprint straight towards right right field or yeah. I saw another thing where they. They where they said like the infielders have to go a certain way, but they didn't say anything about like the outfielders. So like I saw someone drop a diagram about throwing the left field left fielder in shallow right, and then on the pitch have the shortstop sprint out towards left field. That's to cover smart. just in case. That's smart. So that's interesting, man. It'd be interesting. But like also too, like if you want to think this about like, do you want to give that like this is going to be like like old school like NFL preseasons? Like, do you want to? show teams that's what you're working on or do you want to like surprise like a hitter or something like that and all of a sudden you know they run like like first first pitch of the season oh no Cruz is sprinting out towards left field because whoever the left fielder is is in right field I mean we saw him sprint out to left field you bring it up every time (laughs) it worked perfectly the last time I saw him sprint out to left field so (laughs) why not again frozen rope baby um God, that was such a bullet. <laughs> oh, dude, that was that was incredible because the dude had rounded third already before he picked before he even up. picked the ball up. Insane, yeah. and he's mm. <laughs> he got mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um. Okay, so you know we got the Mitch discussion out of the way, and Murph kind of was a buzzkill and brought us back to reality, and didn't want to get behind us with the the Cy Young votes with Mitch. Hey, I. Am all for a great Mitch Keller season. I want to see it. I would love to see it. It wouldn't doubt. It wouldn't surprise me if he did. I am just saying <laughs> that if we're going to look at one side of the coin for one person, we need to look at the same side of the coin for the other person. I just if the analytics to... tell us that O'Neill Cruz is going to be a great player. Well, if the analytics are kind of, maybe kind of concerned about another player, we can't just all of a sudden, well, analytics are stupid, because then that's our whole argument why Ono Cruz is going to be such a great player. <laughs> you know, a whole lot of wars started with, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, Murph, you brought um, a couple of topics in uh, pre-show, um, and one of them was kind of looking at the bigger picture things and you know, what we should look for uh, Saturday against the Blue Jays. And, you know, a couple of the things you mentioned, you know, the bullpen battles, which I didn't think would be this interesting heading into the first game of spring training. But Mm -hmm. we've seen the Pirates sign quite a few uh, NRI guys and invited them to spring training. So a lot of lefties, too, which is uh, nice to see. Um, so let's get into the bullpen a little bit here and, and where you are right before game time. There are so many names, actually. There are so many more names than like before camp started. Like I had I had a list about like eight or nine people that or maybe it was about like nine or ten people that I thought, OK, these guys are probably going to do it. 
And then I got it down to where it was like really just, I had to make a decision between two people for the last spot. Now seeing, you know, them signing like Caleb Smith and then just some of the other names out there, some of the other lefty non-roster guys, the more I kind of looked up on them, this this could be quite the slug slugfest to to the end figure now and then like I saw something where like Robert Robert Stevenson isn't throwing right now yeah or he's kind of he's been kind of like a little His bit of setback so that yeah so that's always like uh oh but um so that potentially opens up another spot for someone I mean if we're just looking at the lefties now with the non roster things there could be two, three, four of them maybe that, that could have a, like a legit spot. It's good, probably going to be hard to beat out some, you know, cause like you could kind of say Jose Hernandez ha- kind of has a built-in advantage over all of them. Yeah. Solely because like he's a rule five guy, but I think this, this year kind of feels different than, than the last couple of years under Charrington when it comes to the rule five guys, it's, it kind of feels like, okay, well like you're not necessarily guaranteed to, to make it here you like you actually have you're actually gonna have to go out here and and show out because we have other guys here that can do it you know, I, I mentioned Caleb Smith he's done it before in the majors you know some other guys who's put up some pretty good numbers in the minors at higher levels yeah. so I don't I don't think it's going to be necessarily a given for him to, to make the roster I thought when they first took him after watching them it's like okay well this he seems pretty promising. Like we can just carry him around for the first little bit. I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. Yeah. I definitely thought he would get the Oviedo treatment, not Johan, but yeah, uh, the other Oviedo kind of get out in garbage time and, mm-hmm. and then people will get frustrated, say, where the hell is he? And then the pirates will blow it and, you know, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think guys like Dwayne Underwood aren't safe anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he would be before all these NRIs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why he dyed his hair blonde. So he could uh, be a little incognito. <laughs> yeah, you got to stand out from the crowd, man. Make yourself known. Yeah. Um, and is Blake Cedarland still on the 40, man? Or was... No, they, they took him out. He, he's not even in big... I don't... He's not even in big league camp. I didn't think he, he was. He's in minor league camp. I didn't think... Okay. No. Yeah. They took him off the 40, man, but they didn't give him a... a uh, an invite to big league camp so he's been he's been was it tim got i think it was yeah it was tim that got a video of him pitching the other day against uh matt frazier and a live bp i think it was it was frazier it was frazier or it was jacob gonzalez i think it was there was a lot of jacob it might have been both i know he i know there was a lot of jacob gonzalez on on those videos Mm -hmm. so top 10 prospect remember that <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um and, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of forgot about Dari Moretta, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Yeah, that was I, I got pretty worked up about that one. But yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did. <laughs> I got pretty worked up about that that whole situation. So we can't forget him. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like there's what if you count the non-roster guys, there's probably twelve or thirteen guys that you can probably make a pretty good argument about at least taking the entire camp to look at, if not try to find a way to bring them north to to get a look at actual games. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it was kind of interesting to hear Shelton. And and I know he he doesn't really give guys roles 
quote unquote in the bullpen, but he again didn't confirm that Bednar was the closer, which I guess you can make a story out of that. You can't maybe not make a story out of that, but I found that interesting in itself. Just because I may change it. Why? You know, like, why wouldn't you confirm that? If if they had no problem saying that Indy was going to the minors at the end of camp, I don't think there should be any reason you can't say that. Also, the first time I see them bring him in earlier than the ninth inning, I may lose my mind and change the channel. Yeah. It, the whole mismanagement so, of that. And, uh, folks, we are joined <laughs> by uh, Nola Jeffy. He, uh, he is here. He is preparing for his Casey to Smith impersonation um but he is gonna give us some yeah i'm about insights. to take his job <laughs> but he's gonna give yeah, us if, if like on. you're the if you're um you're ron hextall we have a guy on that, that, that's more than willing to give it give it a shot to do better than what the current goaltending is doing which from what i've been able to gather isn't a hard mountain to climb so GMs that are former goaltenders that don't think goaltending is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. Nola, now that you joined us, man, um, you kind of got in the middle of the conversation of uh, Murph and I were talking about the bullpen battles and how Ooh. before the first game and before all the NRI signings, we kind of had the bullpen pretty much set except for a couple spots. But now with all these lefty signings, and just all the names now, a lot of guys' jobs aren't really safe. So where are you at with that whole bullpen battle, man? Like, wh- where do you see this actually ending up? It's probably going to be an area where they uh, try to utilize as many spots as they have in the case that they're not just going to start cutting guys because they think someone's better. Like, they'll probably hold on to guys and use the options guys have to hold on to as many bodies as possible. But um, I, I'm intrigued by a handful of them. You know, obviously, Colin Selby's been a rising star, but I, I don't think he's going to crack the club. Um, uh, obviously, I'm a huge Yeri De Los Santos fan. Um, but I think there's still a – Chance he ends up in AAA to begin the year, but um, in one even in one of my recent articles, I posted about you know strikeout percentage, and he was one of the few that was above league average. So I think that might actually give him a chance to crack the club. And even Dory Moretta was above league average, which actually kind of surprised me because I thought he was more of like a pitch to contact ground ball kind of guy, you know, because those sink two seamers. Yeah, it, it was kind of funny. We just got done talking about Dari Moretta, and you brought him up, so yeah. that's kind of cool. Um, and, you know, the, the last thing we talked about right before you popped in, man, was Shelton discussed Bednar, and it was really weird that he didn't confirm Bednar as the closer, which was weird to say because Murph brought up the fact that if they're willing to confirm Andy isn't breaking the team after spring training, why mm-hmm. would he confirm Bednar being the closer? So, you know, this opens up the whole talk of is Shelton's game management going to be put into question again because he's bringing Bednar out in the seventh inning? 
So I, where I mean, are you on? I, I think people would probably get upset about it, but honestly, if that's what he's looking to do, I applaud it because I know that's been a conversation that you want to bring your highest leverage reliever into the highest leverage moment. So if that's the seventh inning, bring him in the seventh inning. If that's yeah. the eighth inning, bring him in the eighth. Uh, I don't know. I hope we don't have another season full of guys that they push to two innings just because. Yeah. Um, that's where I was going. Wayne Underwood. Yeah, yeah Wayne Underwood. Underwood. Crow. <laughs> It seemed like they, they were trying to do it with multiple different guys, and I hope they aren't really trying to do too much of that again. Like, just because if a guy is looking like he's on on point that night, then you know bring him out for the next inning. But if he starts trembling, then yank him, have someone yeah. ready. But uh, I'm I'm all for using your highest leverage reliever in the. Yeah, biggest moment. Yeah, that, that kind of goes to the thing we we're we we're, that I brought up about like uh, if if we're gonna be so high into analytics and and that kind of stuff to show why one player is good, then we kind of have to follow through with it anyway, with everything. And if the analytics say mm-hmm. it's best to bring your best reliever in at those certain moments in the game, then that's what that's what needs to be done. Yeah, just no more three inning saves. Just no, no more. No, no. That man's arm will fall off. But plus, I do think we'll have a couple more guys this year that should be able to handle late innings. Yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of. I'm still. I was gonna say I'm kind of still questionable on Holderman, only mm-hmm. because I mean he 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 was obviously a heavy sinker guy, high nineties, but man, he walked a lot. Had a lot more contact than I guess I expected from his surface numbers with the Mets. So, but he did end up getting injured. So maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. But Holdman, yeah. De Los Santos, Moretta, eventually Selby, Moretta, yeah, yeah, Luis um, Ortiz. I think I think by the end of the year, Selby will be that eighth inning guy. <laughs> Luis Ortiz, my man. Yes, put him in the bullpen right now. Needs to be. Um, Cody, someone has to start the game. You know that, right? Someone <laughs> has to start the game. No, you just fast forward to the fifth inning and we're good. Um, this is an MLB the show. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of transitions into our topic that we talked about last night in the group chat a little bit was the six-man rotation that we're probably going to see at the beginning of the year. So that kind of cuts down the bull, an extra bullpen arm at least. So – I guess the competition is has to be super high at that point to cut it down to what is it eight at that point in the bullpen. So if they're going to run a six man rotation to put Oviedo in a starting role, so where where well, are you? With... A, they had a six man rotation had to be seven. So I think they're finally yeah, seven. Uh, well, yeah, cap, seven. The cap of thirteen is in effect. I think finally. Oh, is it? I, I didn't think know. so. Okay. Uh, then seven, like shit. That's even, I guess, an even bigger pickle to think about at that point. So, do you agree with the six-man rotation at early in the season? I mean, I, I don't have anything against it, but I don't know about putting Oviedo in that sixth spot. So, I think a six-man rotation really only works if like the schedule dictates it. 
And so, like, I haven't had a chance to look at what the first month of the season really looks like, but it doesn't – like, I, I know generally, historically, it you, they usually try to throw in extra days off and stuff like that there to account for weather. So I don't feel like that's generally something that's really needed outside of, like – Outside of that, I really, really not a fan of the six man rotation. I, I, I think if you really like Oviedo that much, then either have him as the fifth starter and go ahead and move Velasquez back to the uh, into the bullpen, or just have Oviedo as as your long guy. And I mean, I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunities early in the season to get him out there and and let him throw two or three innings at a, at a time and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Nola, do you want to bring up the fact that no matter what Oviedo learns with a new curveball from Rich Hill, it doesn't matter? <laughs> I mean, if it gives him another offering, maybe. I mean, I'm just not a big fan of his fastball unless it sees different life. Yeah. But <clears throat> we'll, we'll see what happens when spring training begins. But I guess at least with the six-man rotation, um, I, I again, I, I haven't looked at the – schedule either but I, I feel like it's easier to do in the minors just because they always have Monday off and it's easier to kind of schedule around that which in MLB depending on when the off days are it's going to be kind of hard for starters to get in any kind of routine yeah six man rotation so I think it'd be better off if he was just like Murph said a long man or maybe they piggybacked him with Velasquez or something yeah that makes the most sense but I don't know we've We've seen multiple outlets now kind of hint at the fact that the Pirates might go to a six-man at least the first month, maybe two months into the season. So, I don't know. We'll I feel see. like that's one of those they, stories that we they have a stretch of They have a stretch of 17 straight game, days where they, they have a game in April. Wait, to, to start? Geez. Yeah, okay. Well, so they have – so they play the first game on the 30th. They have that Friday off, and then they play five days – and then they get an off day, and then they do 17 straight from the 7th all the way to the 23rd before their next day off. So I guess theoretically you can probably do it then. Just the only reason I don't like it, because like once you start factoring, like like Nola was saying, it's so hard to get in a routine, like a, made, like a professional routine with that, because like you're talking about you throw an off day in there, and that's like that's that's a week week plus sometimes that they might go in between a start. Like I, I remember on the schedule last year, they had like a day off and then they had like a two, two game series and then like another day off. Yeah. You're talking like, you're talking like what, like eight days off at that point in between starts. Yeah. And then if someone, if one of the starters gets rocked and they got to go deep into their bullpen, then it's just, you're all kinds of mayhem at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just have a, like I, I get, I get that it sounds like the Pirates are really big on Oviedo, but if you want him to break it, that camp with with the team, have him and Velasquez fight for the last spot. Oviedo is the long guy, if not. So I, I just don't think it really works. Fight to the death. Are we providing kendo sticks, or are we are they just using fists? Always fists, man. Always fists. All right, man. I might bring some Nintendo sticks to mix it up. Um, another topic that you, you brought up pre-show, Murph, was um, I think the backup catcher you, you wanted to discuss a little bit there. So 
Um, and and you pronounced Plawecki's last name correctly pre-show. So I was proud of you for that. On the first shot. First shot. First shot. No doubt. Um, but Plawecki has, I guess, a little bit of competition. Um the battle for that backup role, uh, delay. There are there are names in camp that play catcher. That's the kind of competition, really. That <laughs> <laughs> these guys play catcher. Josh Van Meter, where are you at, bro? Um, that that hey, was god awful. That's that's the versatility the Pirates are looking for. <laughs> ben Sherrington loves it. Um, but you know, where, where are you at with the whole backup catcher role, Murph? And um. You know, give a little bit of a uh, insight of where you're at with that, and we'll follow you. Maybe, maybe because I'm slightly an old soul, but like, I if, if I get comfortable with something, I just like to keep it. And like, like if, if none of these guys really offer me too much, like hitting wise, like give me the guy who was like rated as one of like the best pitch framers and stuff like that last year in uh in Heinemann. So unless Plowecki comes out there and like really starts hitting the ball. I'd rather just go Heineman. Heineman. But, like, also, too, don't sleep on Jason DeLay. Like, if we're talking defensive things, like, he was really good defensively, too. So, Mm -hmm. I'd rather probably – at this point, I'd probably go with Heineman. You bring a guy in that late, like they did with Plowecki, they might have some sort of plan with him. So – I don't know. We'll we'll see, but it'll be interesting to, to see. I mean, they could have just brought him in because they needed an extra body to to catch all these pitchers they have. So, yeah, that's possible. Um, I don't know. I, I think it. I, I don't think it matters a whole hell of a lot who's the backup catcher because I think Hedges no, is going to get most of the the work here. You know, we, we might see the Sunday line up with Pulowiecki in it like Shelton loves to do the Sunday lineup of no Reynolds no Cruz no Kutch no nobody and uh we're gonna see Velade and people are gonna bitch but um yeah I, I think it is a little interesting battle um to look at if you're not looking at the outfield or the pitching depth um bullpen especially so uh, I guess just because he's used to the pitching staff I'd give it to Heineman as well but you know they like you're you like you said, man. They must have a plan with Plowecki. Maybe his AAA depth or something well, like that. I also read too that you could still carry one of these guys as like a taxi squad guy. So oh, like, you can? okay. I think I read that somewhere. Like if 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 I'm wrong and you're listening to this, if you want to correct me, please please do. But I could have swore I read somewhere that they can still bring one, and that would probably seem more something like they like maybe Jason Delay would end up doing. They would just bring him around as the as a taxi guy, um, but like going off like the hedges might play more. I still have the schedule pulled up, and I know a lot of times they don't like to do like the same catcher on a day game after a night game. There are four instances in that in that seventeen day stretch where they play a night game and then a day game the next day. So if they want, so there would probably be a pretty good chance that this guy probably get whoever is the backup would get in the mix. Probably pretty often early on. I mean, Hedges might be different. Hedges might just be like, you know, play me every day. I'm cool. He's built but, different, bro. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that dog in him. He got, got that, that dog, dog in him. Yeah, got the x-rays and a whole bunch of pit bulls in him, bro. It's it's crazy. 
it's it's a medical wonder um nola where are you at with that situation man um it, it, it's not the most interesting training camp storyline but it's something that i think worth discussing anyways yeah i mean i know plowecki has at least had some semblance of hitting success in the majors which might be something that they're holding on to hoping something shows up which feels almost feels like another michael Perez situation where it's like, well, he's shown power and has some weird, the craziest ISO numbers, but I mean, I don't know. That I mean, that one time a week that he hit a ball, he hit it really hard. Yeah, you just had to wait. Yeah, he, you just had to wait that one time a week. Yeah, <laughs> that that what that one ball he hit out of fifty swings was, was hit really hard. How many home runs did he hit in a game last year? Three in a game, right? Yeah, was it three? Yeah. Three in yeah. a game, yeah. Yeah, because Sawinski hit three the day previous, right? Before or after, was that yes. Just, something yeah. crazy. It was the same month. He was it yeah. Sawinski, uh, Perez, and um, and there was, was there's another guy. Too. Was it? I don't think it was Chavis. No, someone hit three. Someone, yeah, because I, I I remember that they they hit three home runs all in the same month. Maybe Reynolds. Reynolds sounds right. Was it Reynolds? Yeah, he had that game against – it was against the Nets. Yeah. Reynolds sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy in itself to have, <laughs> what, nine home runs and by three guys in the same month, same game. Yeah. That's just insane to me to think about. Um, Everyone, go see Cocaine Bear. Murph makes his uh, – Ooh, I need to see his debut. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. glorious. <laughs> we're gonna need some money for the podcast man you gotta start <laughs> funding the show we uh we need a benefactor we definitely need one um but guys spring training it's it's here it's a lot i guess a lot more interesting than past ones uh under the ben charrington era um i think it was some national outlet said the pirates actually have guys. We know who they are on the roster, <laughs> which is a step up from years. Which, previous. which isn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the ragtag bunch. Yeah. It's not, uh, who said that it was a Boston guy. I forget who said that. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, the Dennis Exerly. Eckersley. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Hodgepodge of nothingness. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a hodgepodge of nothingness, but it's a whole bunch of uh, guys that might be a little bit out of their prime. But they're guys we know, and it's it's interesting. And there's some young cats coming up that could play a potential role in the future. We're not going to go and say that they're going to be major league all stars and World Series MVPs, but they're it's... they're names you know that aren't waiver claims. Yeah, they're not Miguel Andujar. <laughs> they're not him. And they're not a bunch. Yeah, no, we're not going to get in Miguel Andujar because that's a whole other podcast. Um, Watch him make the team and send you all. He probably. I, I mean, oh, I, hey, I, I, I see a path for it. Yeah. I see a path for it. Like, I don't think I don't think them DFA him was ever about like, hey, you're not in the mix anymore. I think that was just more of a calculated move to make sure they can. See everybody in camp. No, one no was one's going to pay. No that one was going to claim them. 
No. No. That's all right. I, I think I, I see I could foresee Velade finally getting the axe, but it's gonna be at I a point we... in spring training when no one when no one's gonna be like, Yeah, we, we should pick him up. Like they're just gonna he's just gonna pass through and then they'll add and do hard to the roster. I hope he's I hope he starts on, on Saturday, just so like I wanna see like hey, this is the guy who literally survived every single roster move in the offseason. Like, I want to see why. Who's the first... I, I want to... I like Right before we end the show, who's the first cut? Who is the first... The, like, the first DFA. Who's getting DFA? I was going to say Tamar Johnson. <laughs> we discussed I him mean, a little bit, Nola. We missed you on that conversation. I'm sad. Yeah, give DFA. give us your thoughts on that while Murph thinks about a DFA here on the whole Termar situation. I, I pulled it. It, it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it was more of a showcase than anything. I mean, obviously, he wasn't going to make the club. It would have been cool to see him get in a couple games, but – and even still, once – assuming everything is fine, he gets healthy again, he'll, he'll, he'll find it in a batter too at some point in spring training. I mean, they, they bring in random guys all the time. So, I, I just want him – I want him healthy for full season ball. That's all I care about. Yeah. One of my favorite dudes ever, Dion Walker, got into a game and threw a guy out at home plate. Yeah. In spring training. Was exactly. cool. What is it? Uh, Daral Toledo? Yeah. I was like, who is this Who is this dude with all the bling bling? Yeah. He was – he had some ice on him, man. He yeah. had some ice. Murph, you got a DFA candidate. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I got a a spiteful one, and I got one that probably makes more sense. My spiteful one is uh, Marcano, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, I don't. I mean, I, I guess then you'd be looking at someone like. I mean. And I guess you'd be looking at a pitcher at that point, and like I don't like are you Underwood then? I started That's, thinking maybe Stevenson since he's already kind of hurt. I I think I think it's Steve. Like someone's gonna get snuck. Someone's gonna have to get snuck onto um like the six Chase day or Young. something like that. Chase the Young. That's my pick. Chase the Young. That's my pick. Chase the Young. That's a good one. I was thinking Dwayne Underwood. I was going your route, man. There was. There was a lot of video of him getting hit hard by a lot of players early on in camp. <laughs> Underwood? No, uh, 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 DeYoung. DeYoung. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah, what I'm thinking because he, he, he's a guy that, like, it was like, oh, look at that flashy ERA. But then he looked at every other number and it's like they, they weren't good. No, his, no, his, he was bad. His, his numbers past his ERA were not good at all. I mean, he had a stretch think, of like 18 games where he didn't give up a run or something like that. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's anybody who actually thinks that any of the the ERA numbers was like it's maintainable going into this year. So, but also too, I, I think I've said it before on here. I think he's also earned the chance to play himself out of that spot too, just because he was one of the few guys who was consistent enough over the entire season and stuff like that. So, like. Maybe he gets DFA, but I think I think there's a good chance. Like, does he have options? Would they be able to send him back to Indy, or or, or would they have to would they have to DFA him to do it? 
No, I think he's. I think he's out of options. Yeah, he is out of options because um, the Pirates. Yeah, so that might be your guy then. And then re-signed him because I think he was out. Yeah, I, that 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 might be the um, that yeah, might be your out. guy then. Yeah, that might be your your first guy to go then. If, if I mean, I guess it depends too how many people you're thinking you're having to pull off off of your non-roster guy because we know one one's going to be a catcher, <laughs> and but that's probably going to be Max Cranick's spot because they haven't moved him over. To the sixty day yet? Yeah. So, is there another non roster guy that you think is going to make the team? I guess that would be the Chris Owings, a pitcher, Tyler Chatwood. <laughs> I forgot well, about I, Tyler I, Chatwood until I, I saw a video. I, think I, I could see Velade getting DFA'd for Indujar. I mean, they're going to have to move Kranich for a catcher, and yeah. then. Caleb Smith? I think Caleb Smith makes the team. If Caleb Smith makes the team, that probably means that Jose Hernandez doesn't, though, right? Eh, so, so he can kind of more or less, unless they were, I mean, they could work out a deal with, with the Dodgers to keep him. But at that, that at that point, you could probably bring him off the 40 man then, right? So, I think we need, I don't Ethan know how that, that I, that's, a, that's a, yeah, yeah, that's an Ethan question. <laughs> Ethan, if you're listening, please, please, please help me. <laughs> you're saying if they kept him, they would have, they could take him off the forty man. I think you have to, well, if they work something out with the Dodgers, like trade wise or something like that, to keep him because I know that's been done before. So well, like, yeah, they would get, hey, they would get to keep him, but I don't think they can drop him from the forty. Okay, okay, so yeah, even so, like I think if I think if someone like Caleb Smith or any of the other lefties win a roster spot, it's because Hernandez went out. In, in spring training and just like poop the bed completely. So yeah. Well, the way you yeah, said I, poop I, I, was hysterical. I just <laughs> want to. <say. laughs> I mean, I I don't have my list in front of me, but I think even like if you were to have like, I mean, obviously your your Bednar Crow, I don't remember Underwood. Uh, but if you were also to have like Moretta and De Los Santos make the team. I mean, you would probably need to DFA a pitcher, mm-hmm. such yeah. as the young. Because and actually, that's what I mean. Uh, I'm not going to go grab my laptop to pop it open, but because I I created my what I at least wanted the 26 man to look like, and I I had the young. Guy. Yeah, I mean that could end up being it, and that would be that would obviously make it the obvious choices, the first guy, or maybe not the first guy, but like he ends up getting DFA then on there. Cause you would, I mean, if you, if he's had options too, that's the only way you got, you got, you have to work around it anyways. Yeah. Okay. So D young, he, he seems to be a, a, a unanimous decision here. I, I think Dwayne Underwood, maybe, but that's just me. That's just me. I feel like when used properly, like Underwood doesn't get the credit that he deserves. I, I I think he's not exactly used properly. Some of the metrics there is nice. Like his changeup is like his like changeup on, on really baseball good. Yeah, on baseball Savant, it's it's it, the if you look at the metrics on it, it's it's really good. Yeah, so, well, he's someone that uh, you know he'll, he'll look fantastic for an inning. They bring him out for that second inning, and then it's like he's the complete opposite. Yeah, he he's also. He's also too before like fans like jump down his throat. Remember, like he is like your replacement level run of a mill average everyday middle in middle reliever. Like 
every team has like two or three of those those guys that every fan base is like, we need to get rid of him because he sucks. But <laughs> really, and all actually, he 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 gets out if he so he's properly. He's pretty good. So basically, he's the brew baker of relievers. Listen here. <laughs> there's, there's... Uh, I'm I'm just saying that as you know, because apparently our fan base, most people want Brew Baker out of the rotation. Read 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 PT Daily on Saturday morning for more on JT Brew Baker. Oh, nice! <laughs> you fuck, you article drops. Is that like <laughs> no shame? No shame whatsoever. None. None. No, and I think to be fair with Underwood, he was kind of using that fireman role too. Like, why are you bringing him out in this situation, man? He's not meant for this. He's supposed to start an inning clean. I don't, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. But unless we got anything else, boys, we're going to uh, – what are you smiling about? Did I cut out again? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, if, if we don't have anything else, boys, unless, Murph, you got uh, – a rant to go on or we got nola knowledge i think we're going to end the show here uh, my nola knowledge yeah your nola I knowledge I, you just made me think of something uh my nola knowledge is that <clears throat> let's see uh in four and a half years that he's been in the system michael burrows has never thrown a sinker i don't know if he's toyed with one but michael burrows does not throw a sinker <laughs> that's my nola knowledge it, the, the only the only pitch that the only thing I've ever seen him throw that looks like a sinker has always been unanimously called a changeup. Wow! Because there's also like an eight mile an hour difference between his fastball and that pitch. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe, maybe he toyed with a two seamer sinker before or sinker before in a game or in a bullpen session, but the fastball has a lot of run on it, but not the kind of run that I think a lot I of would consider a sinker. No. It goes like this, not like this. <laughs> <laughs> Some shots fired. I love it. I love it, man. Some shots have been fired. That's my impersonation of a machine gun, by the way. I hope you like it. Murph. You got any uh, rants to go? I, I already, I already ranted about analytics and how people like to pick and choose from them. So, don't pick and choose analytics. If you want to go through, if you want to use analytics, use all of the analytics, even when it's bad. Nicely put. Nicely put. I say is I pick and choose between my JT Brubaker analytics. <laughs> <laughs> But, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, it was fun getting back, and it was even more fun to have Nola pop in in the middle of an episode. Um, I'm kind of sad we didn't have on the road Nola and have him sing some cartoons to us, but, you know. I mean, there, there was a bunch of heavy metal. That's, Ju- that's Juju, was in the, Juju was in the back listening to his songs. <laughs> Ke- Kevin wouldn't sit down the whole time. God damn it, Kevin. God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> no, guys. Known as, formerly known as Lolo. Oh. So you changed it to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Or has we, it been we went, Kevin all along? <laughs> we, we, we went the other way. 
<laughs> <laughs> but um, as always, guys, we'd uh, we're gonna leave you here with our socials so you can follow us on the Bird app. So I'll start with myself. It's at two hg 13 on Twitter. You can follow my work at Pittsburgh Baseball Now. Um, recently gave an update on Brennan Malone's health. Um, he seems in good spirits. Um, maybe we see him this year. Maybe not. I don't know. He hasn't reached the 120 foot mark yet. He's at 90 feet on flat ground. I'm pretty sure. So um, interesting to see how he develops because that kid's been through a lot. And all I want to see is him pitch and be healthy. Murph, go ahead and give out your socials and any projects you got working on, man. I, as always, you can follow me at double underscore Murphy 88. The link to my YouTube channel is in my bio on Twitter. We're at like 250 subscribers. And we're like 130,000 views and stuff like that now. Um, trying to trying to keep up to date with some of the guys who may go first overall with the Pirates. You have to pay to watch LSU this weekend. So, I, so there'll be no, nothing from LSU this weekend. Um, got some stuff working on some stuff right now for uh, P2 um, obviously find my written work on piratesprospects.com and um, yeah alright alright Nola give out your social man and uh, tell us how many goals you're going to let up tonight uh, well at Nola Jeffy N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y uh, I'm going to try and Keep it below DeSmith numbers, so no more than like six. I'm hoping <laughs> that'd be a, that'd be see, a win. We'll see what happens. That's a dub. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm, I'm hoping for. All right, all right, boys and girls, that's gonna do it for this episode. Please, please, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Um, we've been getting a lot of love on Spotify and Apple uh, podcasts recently. Um, so yeah keep up the support and we love you very very much and uh yeah let's uh get this right guys let's go the bucks bucks you guys are always late